Ramble. I had a little bit of a crisis. If you take spicy or acidic foods out of my life, do I even have a life? Lately on Twitter, I've been a part of like several like nostalgia memes, a hundred thousand likes and people be like, oh my God, I remember that. I'm literally nostalgia. I know Charlie Puth was a fan back in the day. That name is very unique. And I think we might've like sort of made fun of it. Like Charlie Puth. Nashville style hot chicken is the best. It's so good, guys. And they put it on these like sweet rolls. Hey, you know, I'm not seeing this on the, the topic list at all. What What's happening? Oh. It's so funny. I was thinking about that movie Contagion. Shut up! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smoshcast. Today I'm joined by nobody. It's just me, baby. So, actually, this is this is the first time that I've been back that I'm back in the podcast studio. So this is kind of weird. And I'm joined by nobody else um, because we had a heck of a week, man. So today we're recording this on Friday. Uh, on the Wednesday, we did our first ever Twitch live stream for our new Smosh Games Twitch channel. Um, it all went very well. Everything went off without a hitch. Except for um, this part when we thought it would be really funny if everyone drank some apple cider vinegar and pretended like they were drinking water, like it was no big D. Everyone was going around taking turns. You know, we all we all got a giant cup of it, maybe about I would say four to six ounces. Is that you'd say it's about that amount, Kevin? Yeah. And uh, each one was was poured, and we went around the table. Each having, each taking our turns, taking a little sip, just a little sip. Everyone was taking just a little sip. Damien sipped, and then he sipped, and then he sipped, and then he sipped, and he sipped, and he 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 sipped most of it down, he just like little by little. And I was like, well, if he's gonna sip it, then I'm just gonna chug the whole dang thing. Disclaimer: What I found out later is that Damien, for some reason, was given water, <laughs> so uh, that didn't affect him at all and which gave me um kind of a false sense of security so i chugged the whole dang cup of uh apple cider vinegar which turned out to not actually be apple cider vin- vinegar i guess there was some kind of um there's something that was lost in translation and we just drank straight up white vinegar yeah, it turns out that you're not supposed to do that i didn't how was i supposed to know that so i so i chugged it and experienced um, a pretty terrible time, uh, <laughs> but I, but I trucked through it. I was uh, I was okay by the end, sort of, and um, and then I had burns in my throat for for about a day. So I I took I uh, took a breather yesterday. Tried to recover in time for this podcast. Um, I was supposed to do a podcast with Courtney and Noah, but. Uh, Courtney was was so was so tired from from all the streaming and we've we've been on two weeks straight of of filming so everyone's pretty worn out and I was just like you know what frick it I'll just do a single single person pod I'll just do we'll call it Ian Rambles I actually didn't say let's call it Ian Rambles I think I just I made that up <laughs> so yeah my I'm okay now stomach not so bad everyone was very supportive got some yogis yogurt. Sorry, I'm using my baby talk right now. 
That I guess that's just what I do when I'm uncomfortable. Got some yogurt, got some bread. Olivia freaking ordered me uh, porridge. She had porridge delivered to my house, like from this Korean place. It was like this chicken porridge. And it was so freaking good. So I ate that for dinner and then I ate the rest for brekkie. I gotta just stop shortening every word. This is dumb. No, no, keep keep doing it. It's great. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I ate some pori for brekkie. Uh no, I won't I won't shorten porridge to pori. That's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh yeah, so so then I woke up, you know, the next day after burning the crap out of my throat and esophagus. And I was like, okay, I, I, I need to avoid spicy foods, anything acidic, you know, spicy food, coffee, sort of, maybe. Yeah, that's got acid in it. Have, but I still drank some. But I drank it with like stuff, like I drank it with like oat milk and stuff that wasn't I was like that that won't be that'll that'll cut down on the acidity of it yeah literally I went I went one day having to avoid acidic food and I was like I was having a crisis I feel like a part of my personality was stripped away because I'm 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 a spicy boy I like spicy foods and without spicy foods what am I I had a little bit of a crisis there where I'm like if if you take spicy or acidic foods out of my life, do I even have a life? How much value have I put into myself as a spicy boy? Too much, I guess. So I'm better now, though. I'm better now. I, so I'm drinking this coffee. It's got oat milk in it, so I feel like that cuts it down. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting it's been an interesting time. It's been an interesting time for everybody, I guess. I hear a couple things have happened in 2020. I hear a few things have happened. I feel like on the podcast we generally we generally try to avoid just talking about 2020 things cuz we all heard it enough. I'll just I'll just talk about things that are personal to me in 2020. I don't want to talk about the events cuz ah, could go on Twitter if you want to know that. You know, everybody's everybody's handling it in a different way. The big thing obviously is like we're all we're all shut inside or you should be or at least you know being outdoors away from people is fine but for the most part we're we're all getting shut inside you know a lot of people have roommates that are probably driving them crazy a lot of you guys are probably married or you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or you know something someone that you're intimate with that you're just shut in with for hours on end. For myself, I'm I'm complete I live alone. It's just me and the dog. And the dog doesn't make for great conversation. She's actually pretty annoying. It's funny because I talk to a lot of I talk to a lot of friends that are that are with uh significant others and, and some people are just like done. They're just so done. Then there's other people that are like, oh, this is actually like forced us to have like very like important conversations about our relationship and it's actually brought us closer together and then there's some people with roommates that are like oh i um i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> and then i was actually talking with uh with our content manager kiana and she was like there's actually i actually know a lot of people that are living alone that are trying to um, that have either like moved in with other people or they're trying to move in with other people because they just can't stand being alone. And I'm like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Because I haven't, 
I haven't for once thought about that. <laughs> I mean, like if uh, I don't need another another human being, I don't need another human being walking around all up in my stuff. I mean, if it's a significant other, then that, yeah, that's fine. I'd like that, but I'm not I'm not starved for you know another human body walking around. Does that mean that I that I don't get lonely sometimes? No, of course. We're we all we all lonely up in here from time to time. Living alone um in COVID is has been interesting. I've just it's just kind of like it's changed a lot of my um you know daily sort of behaviors as far as like what do I do with all this time? Cause I'm not going out as much. I'm just kind of like shut inside. I thought I would be reading more. I was like, I bought a bunch of books when I was up in Portland and Powell's books, shout out. I bought a bunch of books and I was like, I'm going to read these. And then, you know, then COVID gets bad and then I'm getting, and I'm shut inside. And I thought this is going to be the time when I finally sit down and read a book. I mean, you know, I've made it through like a half a book. So not bad, not bad. Actually, it's pretty bad. Reading is reading is important, kids. So yeah, will will I get better at reading? I hope so. I think I just haven't found I haven't found like the right thing. Like I have these books that I'm like, no, I need to read this, but it's like I don't want to though. Like a eh. I also think I just have some attention problems. Of course, it's undiagnosed, so I shouldn't say that. But I for sure have attention problems. <laughs> Whether I should be medicated for that. I mean, I'm I'm sh- I'm I'm sure it would help. I'm sure it would. Yeah, I got these books that I know I would I would probably be a better human if I actually if I actually uh finished reading them, but I haven't. I instead I've I've fallen into the the habit. And it's something that I enjoy doing, which is watching movies, watching shows. I enjoy watching movies more cuz you can just like get through it and then be done with it. Like I'm not going to pick up freaking Bleach and watch 1500 episodes nah brah nah uh however i have stumbled across something that i thought i would never get into and i've discovered a little something about myself during this lockdown i have started watching trashy reality tv this is my confession it started as a joke okay you know it's it started as just a ha ha ha, I'll watch this. This is silly. This is stupid. At the very beginning of lockdown, or roughly the beginning, you know when when it was like two weeks into lockdown, and we're all like, "Oh, this is so crazy! Like we're doing all this stuff, and it's like so weird that we're in lockdown." And we all thought it was gonna go for like two months. Well, I mean, I didn't. I knew it was gonna go on forever. I mean, we're we're stuck. We're stuck in this forever. I was like, oh, haha, I'm going to watch Love is Blind because this is stupid. And I um I I got hooked, man. I mean, the the show is bad. No doubt. Like Jessica, oh man. So for those of you that haven't seen Love is Blind, um it's uh the whole premise of the show is that people are locked in these pods. Well, not locked in the pod. <laughs> that sounds like they're prisoners. Um, they go into these pods and they talk to somebody that's on the other side of this wall. And they have what I assume is like hours long conversations 
on for multiple sessions. And then they have to decide at some point if they're going to propose to the person without seeing them to prove if, you know, to see if love truly is blind. Come on. So then they propose with the absolute cheesiest, shittiest romantic lines where it just, it made me want to barf. Like I I, I hope those lines are written because I don't want to believe that people are that freaking cheesy. Or maybe I just have a cold, cold heart. <laughs> but it's like, bro, come on. What was the worst one? Cameron's was pretty bad from what I remember. Gosh, they were all bad. There's this one girl, Gigi. Oh, like, so this guy proposes to her and she's like, she's like, no, no, I will not accept because I'm proposing to you and you are my love of my life forever and ever. And I cannot wait to spend eternity with you. Flash forward like 30 days later and it's an absolute nightmare <laughs> because of course you're not going to actually know if you love the person from talking them through a wall aided by lots and lots of alcohol. That's like the thing about this show. Like, and actually with most reality TV shows, now that I'm deep into them, there is so much alcohol involved in these shows. It's like to a dangerous amount. Like there, there's not really any part aside from like the driving scenes where these people aren't fueled by alcohol, <laughs> which makes sense. Cause I mean, it, 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 it pulls the crazy out of people. Not crazy. That's not, that's not, that's not okay to say. It makes people say some stupid shit. Yeah. Just absolute, just vomit inducing romantic line proposals. And then they see each other and, oh my gosh, you're attractive because of course you were selected for a show and we can't have people that aren't conventionally attractive on a show. So that lucky me, <laughs> like, I want I want Love is Blind to come in next season with some with some like real curveballs. Like like some people that aren't considered conventionally attractive to like really see if Love is Blind. Come on guys. All those people look like rejected soap opera stars. That's not really that's not really putting it to the test. So I don't want to spoil too much about the show, but I'm sure anyone that had cared to watch it has probably already seen it. But Jessica and Mark, Jessica's 35 and Mark is 24, guys. And in case you forgot that, Jessica will remind you every five minutes in the show that she doesn't know if it'll work because she's 35 and he's 24. That's the funny thing about these reality shows is like you can see like that they that they really try to pound like narratives into your freaking face when they're like, just so you know, she's 35 and he's 24, so it's probably not going to work. She's hella old and he's hella young. It's probably not going to work. Surprise, it doesn't. Oh, wait, that's a spoiler. <laughs> but it's pretty clear. It's pretty freaking clear from the get-go because... <laughs> She was in love with another guy on the show. Uh-oh. So I've I've got a question for you, Ian. What's that? What got you into watching reality shows? Like nobody just starts watching them. Like what what was the catalyst? I mean, I heard some people talking about Love is Blind and I needed a break from all the very like dark, you know, ser I feel like there's so many shows out right now, like really good written shows, movies, but they're all dark. 
and dramatic. And I needed something that was just a little bit light because we're obviously going through something that that nobody has ever gone through before, except for some really, really, really old people that went through the 1918 pandemic. You know what? I was, I, I'm not going to say like, I told y'all so, but I've been I've been preaching about the 1918 pandemic for years, bro. I was ready for this. It's so funny. I was thinking about that movie Contagion. Shut up! They're in the game studio there. I think they're just being loud in that. Oh, I shouldn't scream like that. My... Yeah, be careful on your voice, Ian. Ugh. It sounds like it comes so naturally to you. It does. It's nice to scream at people. It's good to scream every once in a while. I don't get to scream that much. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty mellow, chill dude. But yeah, I was, uh, I was, I kept thinking about that movie Contagion, like towards the end when like there's people that are like free and clear of the of the virus or whatever, and they're they're like going to the mall or something, and then they get their like thing checked. And I was saying like at the beginning, like when when this virus was just like kicking up, I was like, I think that could possibly happen. And now that sound that seems totally reasonable. Like that seems like a totally possible thing, like people getting checked to like be normal people of society. I, I guess I want to go deeper into this because you had strong opinions. It sounded like about trash TV prior to watching yeah. trash TV. Uh, what was your opinions of people who watched trash TV before this, like like Jersey Shore or uh, The Circle or or going into stuff like that? Mm. I will say I did watch the first season of Jersey. I, I okay. I hadn't never watched trash TV before, okay? I knew I had a I knew I sort of liked it to a degree, but I felt bad about watching it. Like I watched the first season of Jersey Shore, had some great moments. Uh I watched uh <laughs> I think it was called The Shahs of Sunset, which followed a group of Persians living in in Beverly Hills, and that was that was interesting. That had some some just properly bad people in it. And and that's and that's the funny thing that that you find out about a lot of these shows is like the worst behavior is rewarded. If you think you're going to get on a reality show and get airtime being the good guy, nah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Maybe maybe one person is like the good guy, like the sort of like protagonist of the group, the person that keeps everyone together because they're the diplomat, right? If you want airtime on a reality show, you have to be dramatic and you like you have to be, you know, which usually means that you just have to just be an ass to everyone. One one trash show that I just finished recently, Selling Sunset. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I watched all three seasons. Woo baby. That's about a group of um a group of people that uh, work at a high-end real estate company in um, West Hollywood. And they only, well, they typically only sell houses in the Hollywood Hills. It's basically all women except for like the two like twins that um, run the, the brokerage. I have to say my favorite, my favorite thing about the show is the fashion. I, li- I like fashion. I like, I like when, when somebody like throws together a nice outfit not just saying like not saying like men's fashion like any kind of fashion so there's there's like ladies come through with some with some really really nice outfits and i appreciate that i'm like wow that's very nice you color coordinated i see that i respect that good job but this one person on the show christine oh man if she didn't if she wasn't on the show this show wouldn't exist 
she's the worst and she knows it. And she takes, she, she fully capitalizes on it. She was pretty bad in first season. And I think second season, she engages this guy who is just like, just stupid wealthy. He's like, I think he was like a software developer, whatever. He made a ton of money. So when she comes back to the show in season two, she like lands in a private jet, gets in her Bentley, like shows up to the thing in like some, you know, $30,000 like wardrobe. And she's like, yes, I am that bitch. I dig it. She's she's so bad. Like there's a lot of people that aspire to be reality stars. Like I know somebody that know of somebody, I'm not friends with them, but um, that they said they, they want to be a reality star. That's actually a really good question though is like what's what's the separation would you say between YouTubers and reality stars? Obviously there's many degrees of YouTubers, but have you met YouTubers who have, who could easily slot within that concept of being a reality star? Oh, Tana Mojo would be would be a great reality star. Cuz you have to kind of like embrace a character. Like nobody in like reality TV shows, I hope is really playing themselves. Like I hope they're playing a heightened version of themselves. And I think that's in a large way that a lot of YouTubers do that as well. Obviously, like five or more years ago, I was playing an extremely heightened version of myself. And then when people would meet me in person, they'd be like, you're like different. You're like normal. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not always screaming and running around and calling people dick biscuit. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, in a way, in a way, a lot of like vloggers are reality stars, like people like David Dobrik, like it's, it's not like all that stuff would happen to them if, if a camera wasn't rolling, you know, he wouldn't just be throwing Teslas out left and right on, you know, just as part of his regular daily life. If, if he wasn't doing it all on camera, no, he'd just be like chilling at home, playing some COD ordering some Postmates. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, YouTubers are almost like another like incarnation or not all YouTubers, but the the vloggers are sort of like another incarnation of reality TV, except they control it completely. Like with reality TV, it's it's controlled by a producer and an editor and you know, they shoot so much stuff and then they base they a lot of times they just piece together a storyline afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like so you know, you might think that you had this whole thing that was going to end up on the show and they're like, eh, it sucks. Let's do this thing. Well, so I don't know if you know this, Ian, but my my wife actually was on a reality TV show. It was a cake competition one, so it wasn't this overly dramatic. But when she was explaining the process, they had her for hours just re- just saying a bunch of different lines during the interview and they would just create scenarios like, well, what if about this? What about that? Just for the edit. Yeah. So then when the edit came out, she's like, oh, I they told me they weren't going to use that line. That was a wild line. That was just me saying something like randomly and they used it. Yeah. So and I told her, I was like, once the camera starts rolling on a reality show, anything you say, the editors are going to use. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I, I always get so lost when I'm when I'm watching a reality show because I'm thinking half my time is like spent watching what's going on. And then the other half is me wondering how they got that soundbite or like how, like were they just sitting there all day and that thing happened or did a producer tell that woman to walk over and ask that person that question? Because there's there's these these times like in the show when it just looks like they're working 
And then one of them like looks over the other person and said, "Oh my god, did you hear what Christine did last night? Did you did you hear what she said?" And then the person goes, oh, f- "Fuck you, bitch." No, they never said that. <laughs> Were they just rolling all day, or did a producer say, "Hey, ask ask her what what if she heard what Christine said last night?" Okay. Hey, did you hear what Christine said last night? It's hard to know. I don't I don't really know how much is I mean it, it depends on like what reality show it is. Some are very scripted and very orchestrated and then I'm sure some are just purely orchestrated by alcohol. Love is blind, Indian matchmaking. Um oh, by the way, fuck Aparna. Ugh. <laughs> I was gonna just list the things I've been watching, but I have to stop. Hard stop right here. Aparna, that's not okay. All right, it's not okay. Mm 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 mm. This is just turning into a full reality TV. It really breakdown. is, yeah. Um, Aparna and Indian matchmaking is a person. She's looking for love, guys. I don't know what she's looking for because there's not a single person that fits what she wants. She's like, oh, I travel all the time. I love traveling. If I'm not traveling, I, I hate everything or whatever. But she's like, oh, I hate the outdoors. I hate them. I'm like, what are you doing that you're traveling, but you hate the outdoors? She's like, oh, I love South Africa. I love it. So you like go to South Africa and like chill in a hotel? I don't get it. And then this guy was like, oh, yeah. Uh, like, like, oh, I love, I love the beach. And she's like, I hate the beach. I hate it. I hate, I hate the beach. The beach sucks. And he's like, oh, you just don't like the ocean. She's like, no, I love the ocean. I love the ocean. I spent, I spent uh, two weeks out in the ocean. I love the ocean. I hate the beach though. And he's like, oh, like, where would you, where would you like relax for 10 days? She's like, why would you need to relax for 10 days? Anything more than three is ridiculous. What do you need that much time to relax for? Ugh. And then he's like, "Oh, do you li- like do you like your work?" She's like, "Oh, I hate my work. I hate it. <laughs> Being a lawyer is weird and it sucks." And he's like, "This other guy is a lawyer." And he's like, "Oh, I love I love being a lawyer. I love law and like helping people." She's like, "I hate it. I hate being a lawyer." Oh, unhappy people are so draining, man. They're so draining. If somebody's like really draining you and uh they're just being angry and mean, for reasons that don't make any sense. Maybe they're just unhappy. You know, maybe you can help them. Maybe you can't. But acknowledge that they're probably just unhappy and it's not your fault. Boom. That's one life lesson. Life lesson from reality TV. That's great. Yeah. One reality show that I did very much like and and, and made me all warm and fuzzy was Love on the Spectrum. Following a a group of... um, People with autism or, well, this is the debate. People with autism or autistic people, it's a flip-flop. So I'm sorry if I offended you if I said autistic people or people with autism. You know what I mean. Thank you. I'm, I'm, open, I'm open to hearing it. I really am because I need to learn. I don't, I don't know everything. So it follows a group of people with autism in Australia, which makes the show instantly better because Australian accents are so adorable. And uh, some, people, some people that are looking for love and other people that have found love and they're and they're in a relationship. And I thought it was I thought it was really nice. It was really nice. There was no bad people. It was just like people just like honestly just looking for a connection. Some people had never been on a date before because it's hard. 
what I like the most about the show is it, and this seems like a crazy thing to say because it's like, well, obviously, obviously this shouldn't be a stretch. But what I what I did like about the show is that it humanized people with autism. Like it, it was like no, they have the same struggles as as the rest of us. Um, some parts were like a little infantilizing. Is that the right word? What are you trying to go on about? Like um, they like they just kind of they treated some people just like yeah I think infantilizing I think that's the right word they treated them like they were children sometimes yeah and it's like no yes they're not neurotypical but they're not children mm-hmm. but I get it like I'm I'm certainly I'm not trained in that in that area I think some people in the in the community might might not completely enjoy it but but I think it does a really good job of like. Yeah, humanizing their experience. So, any any final thoughts on uh, reality TV for for you during the coronavirus period? I'd say give it a shot. I'd say, um, yeah, if if you're if you're looking to watch some trash, you know, watching trash isn't all bad. Every once in a while, we got we got unplug, especially now. I, I'd much I'd much rather talk shit about some some like random person that's in a reality TV show. Than, than a person that's going through a real struggle in, in real life. <laughs> yeah, I think we can't we can't just always be watching just intense, horrible stuff. Like, yeah, maybe every once in a while we gotta we gotta have our comfort food, you know? We can't always be eating salad. We gotta we gotta be, you know, we gotta have some barbecue sometimes. I like that. Reality TV shows barbecue. That's great. It is. It's just fatty, fatty brisket. There was one in here I really liked, and I, I don't know if you'd be willing to talk about it. Um, it was the keeping your French friendships in your thirties. Yeah, it's a. I think it's an interesting topic. I'm also in my thirties, so I would like. To, I don't know if that's something that you'd be willing to discuss. Yeah, we we kind of wrote down wrote down some some topics that I thought I could talk about, and it's something that I've been thinking about lately: keeping uh, or managing uh, relation uh, friendships in your thirties. Because I was just kind of thinking about it the other day. I was like, man, like. My, I feel like my, my friend circle in my twenties was much, was much more vast, was much more varied. But like when you get in your thirties, like, like a lot of people are they're they're getting deep into a relationship or a marriage. They got kids, they have a professional life. So now they're living in some other city. Like everybody's just kind of just more busy having just a general friendship with somebody does, I think, get harder it doesn't mean it's impossible but it takes it takes a lot more to manage a friendship that's what i'm finding that i'm that i'm bad at cuz i'm i'm bad at like keeping keeping up with people like i'm totally chill to just like sit on my tv sit in front of my tv play video games and watch movies for days and uh, i'm just not very good at like keeping up with my friends and people that I know and acquaintances and building relationships. Like a lot of times I just kind of let that stuff come to me. Everyone at Smosh, that is that is a friendship, but it's also a work relationship. You have to put that in one box. Like the people that you work with, it's not that you can't be friends with the people that you work with. Like being like having friendships with the people that you work with is great. And it's people that you see every day, and that you you're, you're you spend a lot of your time with them. So having a relationship with that person is awesome. But you need friendships outside of that. You need somebody that that's not already all up in your shit. And that's something that I realized. I was like, oh, 
there's not a lot of people that I talk to on a regular basis that aren't involved in what I do. Like, and especially like in, in Los Angeles, like where, where everyone here is, I mean, everyone, basically everyone that I know is working in YouTube stuff or digital stuff, streaming, yeah, gaming, YouTube. And man, I, I want, I want some friends that don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want like people that, that, you know, I talk to that, that I'm like, oh man, you see this YouTube video? And they're like, no. And I'm like, great. We don't need to talk about YouTube because talking about YouTube with everybody, it's like, it gets old, man. And I mean, Los Angeles in general, I, mean, I feel like I came to the perfect city because what I do talk about a lot in general with friends and stuff is like TV shows, video games, movies, pop culture. And I think that confused a lot of a lot of my friends from Sacramento because they weren't just like all sucked into that. So I did come to the right city for that. But it's nice to have people that don't have any involvement in your industry. Yeah, I got some work to do, man. I gotta I gotta make some more friends. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, I got I have friends, but I just I need to I need to reconnect. Actually, I had a friend I had a friend actually reach out yesterday. And they were like, hey, sorry, I pushed you away when, because this person was friends with, with both me and my ex. And when we split, that person, I guess, I didn't, I wasn't even aware because um, I don't keep up with my friends. <laughs> I guess he, he sort of like sided with her or like not really sided, but just like decided to like, oh, I'm just going to be friends with that person. That happens so often. Like where you're friends with a couple, they break up and you're like, oh, well, I, I got to choose one. So they actually reached out to me and they're like, yeah, I just realized I did that and I don't know why because you've always been cool to me. So I just wanted to apologize. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah, no, that that also made me think like, yeah, I, I do just need to like reach out more often and, and, you know, establish relationships a little bit better. Never hurts to reach out to a friend and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. What, how are you doing? Do you want to catch up? over zoom <laughs> or in a park do you find that your uh now that you're a little bit older like friends that you would make in your 30s versus friends that you made in your 20s would you do you find like there's going to be a different i guess the question i'm trying to ask is like uh, a different level or caliber you're looking for now kind of like one would going into relationships after many years of dating because you were saying how you're you're trying to look for friends outside of work, and that's a that that in and of itself is a pretty tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is around like you know being older, finding people in our age group to relate with, but at the same time, do you find yourself as a choosier individual because of experience? I think also like I spent so much time in relationships, like so many of my friendships were built around like oh this person gets along with the both of us. Mm. A lot of friendships were formed where it's like, I'm with somebody and then we make friends with this couple. It's, you know, it's it's uh, sometimes harder to like make friends when it's just yourself trying to like hang out with another couple or something. Not everyone, not everyone could do that. We can't be, you know, Damien going to Japan with, with you and your wife. The perfect third wheel. Yeah. Let's be real. I mean- it was Damien and I, and Lacey was the third wheel in that. Okay, one, so. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's 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 really funny. Like I don't because when you're when you're a couple, 
like you kind of have like this sort of like in where it's like, oh, we'll go on like a double date or like, oh, let's like, let's get dinner or like, let's do this. But when you're like a single guy, some of those doors aren't open. It's like, it's like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll be able to get together in a group setting or if like your wife or girlfriend or boyfriend is like off doing something else, then we hang out. I mean, although in, in Los Angeles, like everyone's basically the same, <laughs> everyone's pretty politically aligned. But I guess nowadays I would I would hold my friends a little bit more accountable to like certain political things, like certain like social issues for sure. Because yeah, I mean, like I got I got a couple friends up in Sacramento that that are are more of the um, shall we say redneck type i shouldn't say redneck cuz that's that's not fair that's not fair to the rednecks out there <laughs> but they they have certain they have certain like thing they have certain you know viewpoints that i that i believe are a little bit ignorant that that i think i would hold them to now and when i go back for christmas well no cuz i probably can't see them even for christmas yeah we're in the rona damn you rona <laughs> i'm comfortable to speak my mind to my friend and have a more open conversation rather than just go along with something and not call them out because I'm uncomfortable. Like mm. I think, you know, a relationship with a friend is is a relationship, is just like a relationship with a significant other where if you wanna grow with that person, you have to have those uncomfortable conversations. I, I don't think I did that back in the day. I think like if somebody said something that I didn't like, I was just kinda like, ooh. That's actually really, that's very adult of you too. Being in our 30s and making friends, it comes down to being willing to have those really tough conversations to make true friends versus as kids, we just had the circle of friends and yeah. we just kind of dealt with the people that we had. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially if it's somebody that's like not treating you well, like if they're if they're treating you like dirt, like there's no reason to be friends with that person. Not worth your time. Or if they're treating you like dirt, at least call it out and be like, hey, why are you treating me like this? And then maybe they'll realize and then maybe they'll change. You know, it's been really funny. Um, lately on Twitter, I, I've been a part of like several like nostalgia memes that have like really popped off. Like they'll just be like a random person that'll make like a food battle meme and it'll get like a hundred thousand likes and people be like, Oh my God, I remember that. It's so funny that now I'm, now I'm like, I'm literally nostalgia for people. That's so weird. Like it wasn't even that long ago. And it's like, we're still, we're still killing it. Like some people talk about it. Like we've like, I'm dead. <laughs> like they're like, Oh man, memories. Yeah. Food battle is the really funny one just cause it was such a stupid concept. Not that we wouldn't bring it back, but um, it's just so funny that people are like, people are looking back on that fondly. There was like some meme with like a uh, guy from Breaking Bad, like having a freak out. And it was like, when I see the pink frosted sprinkled donut won food battle again. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's really funny. Like, I mean, obviously the, the internet moves a million miles an hour. So something that was made you know, five years ago just feels ancient. Like I, I pulled them. Somebody, somebody liked a tweet of mine from 2012 and that's how it popped back up into my like feed. And 
And so I retweeted it because it was it was really cringe. It was a tweet of mine from 2012 that said, um, I was at a club last night and they played Gangnam Style and almost everyone danced, almost everyone did the dance. It was awesome. That is so 2012. It was super cringe. But I have to say, that wasn't a lie. I wasn't making that up. I was, yes, I went to a club, not really by my own volition, but I was at a club and they did play Gangnam Style and a lot of people did the, you know, the horse thing <laughs> where they're like riding the horse and they do like the, the little like lasso move. That actually happened, no lie. And it was pretty awesome. It, it was it was a good moment. How does that make you feel though? So you're, people are making nostalgia memes about you like, how does that directly make you feel? I mean, obviously, Smosh still exists, and it, it, it seems more reflective upon a past era, but what does Ian Hecox think? <laughs> I mean, when people make those nostalgia memes, like, I, I enjoy it. Like, I think it's funny. Like, if if people, like, tied, tied that as something good from their childhood, then that's really cool. I think it's I think it's cool that, like, you know, our content, as silly as it was, meant something to somebody. If somebody says, your stuff sucks now compared to Food Battle, well, that's a little ridiculous. Mm. If you like Food Battle more, then that's fine. Like that's that's your own damn thing. <laughs> but yeah, if people are if people are just like, oh man, I missed that. It's like, well then that that meant something to you, or at least you enjoyed it. Or, you know, at the very least, you know, you wasted your time with it and thank you for for the ad rev. It's it's very silly. But to see that kind of response to a nostalgia meme about food battle to see like a hundred thousand likes from just like one random ass tweet on Twitter. I mean, it's cool. It's like, whoa, that's nuts. Because Smosh has been, it's been 15 years now, right? Of Smosh. It's been about 15 years. And so if you were to just, just pulling numbers out of the air, but like, let's imagine 15 years ago, you had viewers who were within the age range of 10 to 15. Yeah. So those are now... 25 to 30 year olds full ass grown ass adults families and jobs yep. and I don't know how does it make you feel I know Charlie Puth was a fan back in the day <laughs> really yeah he 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 entered like a contest that we did one time like I want to say it was like a box man dance contest or something I don't have the video but yeah I remember he entered we remembered his name because that name is very unique and I think we might have like sort of made fun of it, like Charlie Puth <laughs> So yeah, it's it's very strange to think that there was like somebody that might have been like a kid, now they're like an adult with like responsibilities and 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 like power. Like I hope one day there's like the president of the United States was like, I remember when food battle was happening. <laughs> that was crazy. When there's one food battle where I ended it by saying cat dick and I don't know why. <laughs> that was crazy when when uh Anthony tried to use a celery as a pogo stick and broke both his legs. I really hope that happens. I want, yeah, I hope that that some people that are Smosh fans or Smosh viewers uh, grow up and 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 get into really powerful positions. Hit me up. <laughs> I'm ready to join the Illuminati. <laughs> like if you, yeah, if you uh, get into a high government position, I'll do whatever it takes. All I want is power. I don't care about anything else. I just want power and control. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do it. I'll steamroll over anybody. 
I feel really uncomfortable back here suddenly. Good. Okay. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Full-grown adults that were kids when they watched our stuff. Or, I mean, full-grown adults that were full-grown adults when they watched our stuff are now hella old. <laughs> well, this actually kind of ties in. Uh, maybe I'll talk about two things. Because this one, I mean, I hope it doesn't sound depressing. Quick disclaimer, before I get into this next thing, I just want to say I'm going to be talking about alcohol. So anything I'm saying is just coming from from my brain, my opinion. Please be safe. One interesting thing with uh, the sort of COVID of everything, all the adults that I talk to about this whole situation, it seems like everyone is drinking more. <laughs> mm. Like everyone I talk to is like, yeah, I've been drinking more. Well, I guess disclaimer, alcohol is poison. Yeah, I don't know. I I just kind of like, I, I like alcohol. <laughs> Some, I don't like it all. I'm not, I'm never drinking to get drunk. Huge disclaimer for anybody listening. If Although, you're under the age of 21, please do not drink. <laughs> or if you live in somewhere like the UK, there's other laws. Just obey yes. the law. Obey the law and don't drink too much, baby. There. Drink responsibly. It's, I mean, there's there's no amount of, all right, let's, let's put it out. I just want to put that out here right now. There's no amount of alcohol that's safe. I don't care about these stupid reports that are like, you know, drinking one glass of red wine will actually reduce your heart. No, bro, it's alcohol. It's poison. Yeah, it's it's ingrained in a lot of cultures, and people drink it and and live long lives. Sure, but when it comes down to it, it's poison. I think it's now it's more like people are just like, yeah, I don't know. Like there's nothing going on tonight. I guess I'll have a drink. So that's that's been an interesting thing. I've been talking with a lot of friends about that. And I've just kind of had to like, you know, reevaluate my relationship with alcohol because I, I like it and I like and I like to drink it. And I, I like it in a social situation. But but right now I'm living alone. So I'm not drinking it in a social situation. I'm like, oh, I just need to get through Love is Blind. Also, it's so hard when you're watching when you're watching all these reality shows and they're having a drink every <laughs> single freaking moment. Yeah. And you're like, well, they seem fine. I guess I could have one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What would you surmise is, is the reason why you think people are increasing their consumption during the coronavirus? Because they got nothing better to do. <laughs> we have so much time on our hands. Like... I, I get done with work at six or something and I'm like, well, I have like five hours to kill before I want to go to sleep. I don't know, I'll have dinner and maybe I'll have like a beer or like maybe I'll pour myself, you know, a little glass of tequila. Although I couldn't, I couldn't drink these last two days because I burned the shit out of my esophagus mm -hmm. and I wasn't like rolling around on the floor having a conniption. So I don't think I'm an alcoholic. But I, but I, I would say it's safe to say I, there's probably a small level. There, I have some level of dependency. Could I go a month without drinking? Yeah. Do I go a month without drinking? No. Yeah, it's something that I need to evaluate. And I think, it's, I think it's more just like keeping an eye on your relationship with substances. It's anything. Like doing anything like on a regular basis that's, that's not good for you is is bad. Mm -hmm. Do I eat a hamburger every day? No. Do I eat a hamburger sometimes? Yeah. Do I go a month without eating a hamburger? Sometimes. Do I go a month without eating Nashville hot chicken? No. <laughs> Nashville style hot chicken is the best. I'm drooling. It's so good, guys. I mean, I don't I don't know if it's really like everywhere everywhere, but it's like this really spicy fried chicken. 
It's so good, guys. And they put it on these like sweet rolls with like pickles and coleslaw. Hey, Ian, I'm not seeing this on the, the topic list at all. What What's happening? Oh, I want some of that right now. That does sound really good. I think I have an addiction to Nashville style hot chicken. Yeah, people have been consuming more Nashville hot chicken during the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm contributing to that mostly. <laughs> so I just want to say like adults out there, like, you know, if you're if you're drinking, just keep an eye on it. Like like really think about your relationship with alcohol and and the effects that it has on you, your friends, your family. If you if you think you might have a certain dependence on it or if you think you might have an addiction, there are resources out there and I and I highly encourage you to seek it out. There's there's nothing there's no shame in that. I don't know, guys. I hope you're being safe out there. That's that's the most important thing. It's it's crazy time, but this is the most important time that we take care of ourselves. All right, that's the most important thing that that I've that I've come to in this time is that there's so many things that are happening outside of our control. It's very easy to feel like there's nothing you can control. There's a lot of things that you can control in your life, whether it's your health or the place you're living in or the relationships you have. Um, maybe you get involved with a uh, charity. Maybe you go outside your, you go into your community and you pick up trash. Like there are things that you can control in this world. And I think that's more important than ever right now because it feels like everything is out of control and that's just not true. So think about the things that, that you can control in your life. All right. With that said, we're going to cap this bad boy off with a shoot, dude. 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 All right. This one comes from Emma. In seventh grade, my ELA class, that's English and Language Arts class, had a big project called Person of the 20th Century. Everyone had to dress up like someone who impacted the 1900s the most and give presentations on their life and prove why they had the biggest impact. One of my classmates had chosen Walt Disney as his person. I had noticed that my classmate was stuttering as he spoke. I thought this was part of his presentation because someone had told me that Walt Disney had a stutter. I cannot find if that was true or not. I asked him if the stutter was part of his imitation. The whole class turned to look at me, and the teacher and my classmate were telling me no and to stop. I immediately knew that what I said was wrong, and I didn't mean for it to, to be said the way I said it. I was so embarrassed, and I wish I was invisible. To this day, it is my biggest regret. Thankfully, it's forgotten, and I am friends with the classmate. Shoot, dude! That is a shoot, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> He's friends, though. It's okay. Yeah, I feel that in my bones. <laughs> yeah. I've said some really dumb things. Well, you were there when I oh, when we yeah. did when we did Olive Garden, and there's this item on the menu called the way it said is pasta fajoule. I said it the wrong way, very loudly, and crumbled inside because <laughs> I I felt bad, man. I was like, I I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I don't want to. You know, it sounds like when you say it, not the Italian way, it sounds like you're saying a slur. Yeah, I 
apologize to some of the people in the crew. I felt I felt bad. That was a shoot. That was a serious shoot, dude. It was a mild shoot, dude. It, it yeah. was is one of those shoot dudes that definitely like. I get where you're coming from, but I don't think anybody held it against you at the moment. Yeah, it just doesn't feel good. Right. That was a shoot dude for me. But I think the thing is, like, it's all about the intention. And if you think somebody was hurt and that and it wasn't your intention to hurt that person, still make sure they're okay and apologize. Mm-hmm. How do you think Emma did about it, though? Because obviously it seems afterwards everything was <laughs> rectified, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, she explained it to that person, said, I didn't know that you actually had a stutter, like... You know, a stutter is a pretty, it's a pretty common um, speech impediment. It's not, I mean, like freaking Joe Biden has a stutter. Mm -hmm. It's not like she was trying to make fun of this guy. So, I mean, in those cases, like, what can you do? You just apologize. Say that wasn't my intention. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, um, that, that's it for um, this wonderful Ian Rambles. What did you guys think? Did you like it? I don't know how much, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't think I can make a whole ass podcast about me rambling because there's only so many thoughts that are in my brain. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. As you can see, I'm wearing this sweet Twitch sweater. You probably can't really see it, especially if you're just listening. Big shout outs to Twitch. Uh, We just launched on there, Smosh Games on Twitch. I believe it's twitch.tv slash Smosh Games. Check it out. Follow us. Watch our watch our stuff. We're going to be streaming every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's going to be a mixture of things. Like we're going to be doing Board AF on Mondays. We're going to be doing sort of a just chatting, like variety kind of like show. We're going to be doing a lot of weird, fun stuff on Wednesdays. And on Fridays, we're going to be playing games because it's Twitch. And you got to, you know. Got to play some games. You never know what to expect. So I, I highly encourage you guys come check that out. Follow us on Twitch. Give us some love. Throw some Ian emotes into into the chat. Those emotes are so cute. There's no expectation for you to subscribe, but if you do subscribe, there are really fun perks. We want to obviously, since since Smosh is a since we are a brand. It's not like you're supporting one person, you're supporting a group. So we want to be able to give you guys perks. So access to our Discord, um, uh, discounts on our merch. Depending on the tiers, there's a certain level of discount. Really awesome. Um, Emotes, lots of other fun stuff. Oh, the ability to actually interact with our games and change our gameplay for for stuff. I'm really excited that We're, we're still figuring out for like how we're going to do that and what we're going to do with that. But I'm really excited to see you guys manipulating our game. I think that'll be really, really fun. So this has been, this has been a ride. Thank you guys. Stay safe out there. Keep wearing your masks, sanitize, wash your hands, drink water. Don't drink too much alcohol. If you're an adult, don't drink any alcohol. If you're a kid. Um, and, uh, We'll see you. See you next time. Rate five stars. Subscribe. Where can they send their shoot dudes to? And send your shoot dude to shoot dude at smosh.com. Mm-hmm. That's right. S H O O T D O O D at smosh.com. Okay. Enough of this shit. I'm out of here, baby. Oh, wait. Wait. Hold on. <laughs>